0: The Boat Row Bullies podcast, starring Connor High and Izzy Glick. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back. Episode
1: six. We're back, and we got big news because yes.
0: it actually uh, happened.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna crack one real quick. I am uh, celebrating. One said uh, James Harden. We said it was gonna happen on the podcast last week, so we are the credible source.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We are the ones that broke the news, um, but now, nah, like,
1: I'm hype. <laughs> yeah, so, I think that's the best way to start the so hype. Obviously, um, on today's episode of the podcast, uh, a lot of James Harden talk. Uh, we'll talk a lot about what the season going forward will look like, um, just what our expectations are. Uh, I don't know. Have a little fun talking about everything James Harden can bring to the table. Uh, we'll talk about the guys that were shipped. Except Ben Simmons, because I don't want to talk about him anymore. Yeah, I'm kind of over him. Yeah, uh, but we'll talk about Seth and Jure. Um, but it'll just be, again, just another fun episode. Um, Connor, this is the what feels like the first time in forever that the Sixers got their guy.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this is how many times, you know, year after year, are they always in the hunt for these guys? They're always, like, right there, like Zach Levine, Bradley Beal. Like, you always hear their names come up as a possibility, and then it's like it never comes to fruition, and,
1: you know, you get your hopes up, and it just seems year after year we get our hopes let down. So the last guy we had was Jimmy Butler. Right. Which we then signed and traded uh, to Miami. Uh, Thanks, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, But before that, like, the closest we got to the guy was... LeBron's free agency? Yes. Where he was like, hey, I'm getting out of Cleveland. You know, L.A. was thrown in the mix. um, Philly was in the mix. And it was like, I remember there being a lot of talk about, hey, like, LeBron could actually be in Philly. And then you run a big three of Ben Simmons, LeBron, and Joel Embiid.
0: There was a solid chance of that happening. And then I feel like we met with his representatives and got our hopes up when we heard that we met with his representatives. Of course. And then he immediately was like, yep, going to the Lakers. And we're like, oh, well, that was a fun 15 minutes.
1: No, yeah. Um, thankfully, none of that worked out because now um, we have a big two or big three, big three and a half. We, we, got, we got potential. We got, we got some... I So we'll get into our expectations. Um, I'm not going to say it's championship or bust.
0: No. Because
1: it's certainly not because it sounds like just from what James Harden has said during interviews, uh, or his official, you know, hey, I'm a part of the Sixers now. Uh, it sounds like he is willing to resign, come back, all that fun stuff. So I don't think it's like a one and done, hey, this is our chance. If we don't get it, you know, we gave up everything we had.
0: Well, so it was reported by Shams that um, that he had, like, as soon as the trade broke, it was like, it happened at like 115, and then it's like 130. James Harden is opting into his uh, contract for next season mm-hmm. and we're all like awesome now granted we found out a little bit later that he didn't get the paperwork in on time but he said in today's press conference he's yep. like i fully intend to continue like to honor that and opt-in which is amazing because um, you know it kind of gives you some stability and, well yes yeah. and-
1: so i know like I, I know a bunch of like, like non-Sixer sports fans mm-hmm. who a lot of people were like, hey, but James Harden's still a free agent at the end of the season. You have no idea if he wants to come back. You might have just given up way too much for like a one-and-done guy. For a rental, basically. Yeah. And, and thankfully, it is sounding like that won't be the case. Uh, like, like we said, James Harden and his presser today said he w- wants to sign that paperwork at the end of the season, opt in the next year. Um, Connor, we spoke before the podcast briefly that there is, uh, we'll call it a conspiracy theory that James Harden actually declines that player option mm-hmm. and then re-signs with the Sixers on a more team-friendly contract. Uh, part two of that then is the Sixers then, um, look to move Tobias Harris, create a whole bunch of open cap space, and then around Joel Embiid, James Harden, bring in a third star, um... And the free agency pool, again, we looked at that Mm -hmm. a little bit before the podcast. Um, There's some big names out there. I don't know how many of them really fit in Philly along with um, Joel and James Harden. So if – here's our first topic of the day. Yes. If they actually decide – ooh, that was a goaltend. I'm sorry. We have the game on. (laughs) Um, If we actually decide to move on from Tobias, who – I will add, I think will be a fantastic third option mm-hmm. around James and Joel. Um, but if we decide to move on from him, I think it would work out better to... You don't need to bring in a third star, but if you can just build this team up. We're at a point in the league right now where we're back to the point where like big threes almost seem non-existent right now.
0: Big threes are kind of tough, especially depending on the type of big three. Big threes are tough right now in the league. Like You basically... If you have two stars and then a really good player, like a fringe all star, yeah. then I think that is good enough uh, to like get you
1: somewhere. Yeah, to leave. I mean, if you remember the years past, obviously you had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh forming their big three. Then you move on to Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and uh, Kevin Durant with their big three. Um, but it looks like the league is going back to like the duos, yeah, which. As, as a fan of the NBA, I'm a big fan of just because it makes everything more competitive. You're not, you know, throwing all of these guys onto one team, and it's, it's you know, three years in a row, you're getting Cleveland and Golden State. Right. You're getting some variety in there, and then even, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, that big three. Yeah. Um,
0: I think the biggest thing is with these big threes, and why I don't think it worked in Brooklyn... Um, Partially, I think, ego a little bit. I think there was a lot of ego in that room. Yeah. Um. But I think... And I think that kind of comes along with having three superstars. Yeah. And the reason why I think Miami made it work is because those are three very different
1: guys. Well, not even that. But you get, like, LeBron and Dwayne Wade are, like, like best friends outside of basketball. Yeah. And so then you add in Chris Bosh, who complements both their games very well. Chris Bosh basically... Decide like not decided, but
0: basically he almost agreed to take on a lesser role to help that team win. Like he did, he right. did a lot. He he signed on knowing, hey, I'm going to be the third option on this team, right? And I think for some guys, I think you know, that, and I think that's why it worked with Miami and why it, like it doesn't necessarily work with some teams. Like yeah. Brooklyn, there's a lot of ego there. Yeah, with between Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and well, James and the Martin. other thing
1: is like. How many of their games actually complemented each other? I don't really think... Th- it's a lot of iso ball between the three of them. Like, like, I will give credit where credit is due because James Harden is a proven fantastic passer. Yes. Kyrie is a very good passer, but they only work when the ball's in their hand. Right. Uh, you know, both of them aren't great off-ball. I'm not saying they're not... Excuse me. <laughs> 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 let, me let me rephrase. Um... They are all fantastic basketball players. It's, oh, yeah. They're all um, top in the league. But like, they're all ball dominant. Kevin Durant's in a, in a class of his, of his own. He's up there with LeBron and Giannis as the best players in the league. Right. Um, so you want his the ball in his hands as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But then James Harden and Kyrie both, to me, seems like, the, well, why isn't the ball in my hands? Right. Um, I saw reports that James Harden – like, you could see the frustration, and you'd see him rolling his eyes when Steve Nash, out of a timeout, would call a play for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if in James' issues, it's like, well, I can do that. Why is it just Kevin that gets these?
0: Yeah, and it's like Kevin Durant wanted a more free-flowing offense, while James Harden wanted um, he wanted a lot more iso ball. Yeah. Which, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think James Harden thrives in iso ball, just, you know, kind of letting him go at the top of the post. and. Um, you know, let him do his thing. I think he he works very well with that. So I think it's just kind of the style of offense that Steve Nash kind of wanted to run. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just I don't think it necessarily worked for no. for James. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: No, and there's a lot of reports, especially leading up to the trade of James, saying how unhappy he was with the flow of everything in Brooklyn, yeah. all this, that, and the other. But then I also saw reports that. A lot of people, or he was worried of the backlash that he would receive publicly coming out and saying, "Hey, I went out of Brooklyn," because Mm -hmm. then it would be two franchises back to back that were like, where he was just like, "Hey, I don't want to be here." Yeah. And you know, I think you can, I'm gonna say, blame him for Houston. And by that, I mean, it it was obvious he wanted out. There, he was on a terrible team at the point Mm -hmm. where he was the only, you know, shining star on that team. Why would you want to waste your career, a la? Damian Lillard on a team that is dreadful exactly so exactly. he requests a trade he gets traded to Brooklyn he had no say in where you could go don't get me wrong I'm sure he was excited to be like oh I'm going to play with you know two other top 10 talents this is fantastic yeah um and then getting there and realizing like no this isn't what I want I thought it would be I don't think it's wrong of him to be like I want out
0: like yeah this this, this is not the ideal situation for me you know it's a lot of it's a lot of offense and there was not a lot of defense no i mean their
1: their center was Blake Griffin
0: yeah i mean like when your center is Blake Griffin Blake Griffin is a power forward and i think that's pretty much it yeah and
1: like, and, and to be fair a power forward a very good power forward years ago
0: years ago yes
1: exactly and
0: they were bringing in a lot like all that money and all that time was going towards those guys and then it's like your role players yeah it's kind of like like the Sixers a couple of years ago when they had Jimmy Butler and Tobias yep. Harris like they put so much into that starting lineup that as soon as you hit the bench yeah it was, it was all dreadful. bets are yeah, off you, yeah
1: you relied on the buyout market some of these older guys to come in and and hopefully spark something but yeah that their bench unit um, was far from fantastic um Sorry, we're doing that thing where we're screen-watching again. We're still trying to learn how to perfect podcasts. Um,
0: <laughs> we're, we're still working on, um,
1: well, I guess scheduling. We have been we, we podcast on Tuesdays, it seems. Yeah, today, you and know. it seems like every time we sit down and do a podcast, there just happens to be a Sixers game on.
0: So, I mean, obviously we want to watch, but, um, but no, anyway. So, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited for what James Harden brings to the offense, to Philly. Just because I think he brings what they have missed for so many years. For years,
1: I mean, the last player who could do what James could do, probably Allen Iverson. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a guard who can go out and score. Yeah, I mean, a proven scorer, but can also go out and throw out you know twelve assists in a game, and it's it's oh yeah, like his twelfth assist. That's normal. Yeah, like he can. Like, the
0: best part about James Harden is he can go out and create his own shot, and then he can go out and create shots for others. Like, he is such a good facilitator on offense. I think it's going. And can I be honest with you for a sec, just going into the details of the trade? The fact that they did not deal Matisse Thiebel is probably one of the biggest aspects of that trade. Oh, absolutely. Because James Harden is not a great defender. When he wants to give you the effort on defense, eh. But, like, he's not a great defender. He's he's average. He's average. I think that's very fair. When he gives you the effort, he's very average. But the fact that you bring in a guy like uh, Matisse Thie- or not bring in Matisse Thibault, but keep Matisse, Matisse Thibault, and then you have him in the starting lineup with James, I think that really does go—
1: They complement each other. They do. Because—and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, Matisse Thibault is a 3-and-D player, but he's not your traditional 3-and-D player. Right. Because traditionally, your 3-and-D players were— Really great three-point shooters and above-average defenders.
0: Where it's the, Where exact it's opposite. the opposite
1: for Matisse. Yeah. Matisse is, in terms of guards, he is top three defensive guards in the league, mm-hmm. and but he is actually probably slightly under-average three-point shooting. Yeah. So you pair him with James Harden, who is literally a walking twenty-five points a night, and you can say, hey, you know what, James, you can go when we play Brooklyn in the playoffs. You can go out and guard Seth Curry because I don't need you to have to lock down Kyrie exactly. Um, exactly, which is huge, huge for that team. Yes,
0: no, the and
1: Harden's gonna get Matisse open looks and Matisse he'll not him he'll, down he'll 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 hit the open ones. Yeah. I, will, I will say that. And it's you know um, I'm not gonna knock Matisse's game because he's an uber athlete. He's been thriving really well in that dunker spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've said it before. I don't remember it was on or off podcast. But if you get Matisse Thybul to shooting like NBA average or even a tick above, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to be able to take him off the court because no, of how yeah. valuable to this team he would be. And this was before James Harden was brought to the team. You you bring in a guy or you have a guy Matisse Thybul who is shooting 35, 36, 37% from 3 and can lock down the best player on the court. Yeah. And and then like that that's just that's game changing. Oh yeah. No, oh yeah, because
0: then because then you can kind of hide James Harden a little bit better than what most teams would be able to. Oh yeah, because you have such a defensive mm-hmm. superstar on your team, uh, and then you are going to get good interior. De- so, like, say James Harden, like you know, say a guy gets around James Harden, you have Joel Embiid right behind you, one of the best shot, shot blockers in the league. James Harden, a guy goes right around James Harden, Blake Griffin, like Blake <laughs> Griffin is not going to stop that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. Even in, in Houston, and I think where he thrived the most off in Houston was that pick and roll game that he had with Clint Capella. Yes. And if you can replicate something even remotely close to that with Joel, but the nice thing with Joel is Joel has the ability to roll, but Joel also has the ability to spread out it and opens shoot. The f- it opens the floor. Oh my goodness, yes. Like he's got the ability to, to space out and shoot wherever he wants mm-hmm. on the floor. He could shoot the mid range, he can shoot the three. And kind of what I picture is I picture a lot of pick and roll from Joel and James. And then, you know, say James decides to drive. Matisse is a very good cutter. And then it opens up a lot of opportunities for guys that are cutting. Uh,
1: And even some other guys. I did see a report today that um, in order to get familiar with the team, James Harden talked to Doc and requested playing more minutes in practice with the second team and the third team, which I'm really high on because you mentioned – I'm glad you mentioned this whole Clint Capella – James Harden duo, mm-hmm. because the guy that I see filling that Clint Capello role mm-hmm. isn't necessarily Joel. I actually see, see it being Paul Reed. Oh, um, yeah. Big ball Paul. Yeah. Uh, Paul Reed is an uber athletic power forward. Yes. You know, he's that fringe five. Um, so when you play small ball lineups a la Brooklyn, he would thrive very well. He's a great rim runner. He plays good defense. But again, he's athletic enough to make up for some of the laps in the defense that he has. Yeah. So you just run a pick and roll with him and Paul Reed, and I guarantee you Paul Reed will be throwing down some crazy lobs every single game.
0: Oh my goodness, yeah. See and, and, and shout out to Paul Reed too, because in the two games that since they've traded Andre Drummond, Paul Reed has played very well.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had that one missed dunk. Yeah, he did. And, <laughs> and now what we'll say about what I'll say about that is he was he was just off excited. Going off the excitement of we just got James Harden, the yeah. arena's buzzing right now. We're about like, like I just want to do something crazy. It's the Paul Reed show. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't knock the guy for wanting to do something no. like that. I love Paul um, Reed. But Paul Reed and Charles Bassey, I think it was another reason the Sixers were a little more okay, including Andre Drummond mm-hmm. in the trade. Uh, I have said on record on the podcast before, Andre Drummond is the best backup center the Sixers have ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did, it did hurt a little bit yes. to see him leave. Um, before I get into the trade, let me backtrack to my original question. Yes. Uh, Tobias gets moved. Oh, six I'm or sorry. Yeah, we got, up, so they, they, we got way off <laughs> track. Um, do you want them to sign a third star or would you rather them, um, kind of, uh, strengthen the foundation of the team, get deeper at the bench, bring in some really good vets? Um, Bring in some guys that are really going to flourish around James Harden and Joel Embiid.
0: I'm bigger in the role players. Like if you get like...
1: Like you said, those fringe all-stars. Yeah.
0: Like like Tobias I would consider as like a fringe all-star just because of last year. Like I know he hasn't really been that this year. But I would consider Tobias in that like fringe all-star category. So guys not necessarily like Tobias. Like if you trade Tobias and get a guy similar to Tobias... Like, I think that would go a long way. But if you get those role players, like, get some shooters. Like, I think Seth Curry was, like, perfect for, uh, he like w- in that role player role. And then, like, George Niang. um, I think George Niang fits that role. Like, if you get guys like that, like, yes. guys that, like, are shooters, that guys, like, you trust to to be out there on the floor and to knock down shots.
1: Speaking of Paul Reed, he just came into the game. Uh, yeah, there he
0: is. Good for Paul Reed. Yeah. I wasn't sure um, how they were planning on doing that yeah, with I'm Paul not- Millsap. I'm still trying to figure uh, out the role Paul Millsap. They, they,
1: they said he'll play some minutes, but Paul Millsap again is another one of those. Um, obviously, he's a vet. He's played. He's played the game for a long time. Yeah. Um, but he's another one of those four or five tweeners. Yeah. Um, it would not surprise me if he ends up playing like third string. Uh, third string, like back up to Paul Reed in those instances. Yeah. Uh, Because I definitely expect Charles Bassey to get some minutes. He's really shown himself to be a great, again, interior defender. Yeah. Um, Knocked down a couple mid-range shots, finished at the rim. Uh, I'd be, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do, but I definitely think Paul Millsap uh, is just kind of, be ball Paul. Um, Sorry, great offensive rebound. Um, But I definitely see Paul Millsap, not necessarily riding the bench, but, Staying there more frequently than yeah, I I think just
0: being a good veteran presence I think would go a long way. Yeah, he's Um, being a good guy. Like I don't, I don't necessarily anticipate. I don't know if the plan is to make him like the backup center or if the plan is just to like keep him like a good depth piece for the playoffs, but just not like keep him part of the rotation. Um, B ball, Paul. Sorry, we're we're getting excited watching B ball, Paul here. Seems he, like everybody else so, on the team is
1: struggling. So but. he, let me, total out of left field. For whatever reason, Paul Reed is the most exciting player on the Sixers to me, outside of, like, Joel Embiid yeah. and James Harden now. Um, it's something about Paul Reed just being like, hey, I won G League MVP. And everyone's just kind of like, yeah, but it's the G League. But Paul
0: Reed himself, like, the person. Out the
1: most. It's just
0: so funny because, like, some, like, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. Of I'm course sure you I do. do. But well, like, just some of the stuff he says, some of the stuff that he, like, talks about, like, yeah, when he's you, just
1: so, when like, you, he's you, just him. Like When you poly. post a picture of your dog, and you, no emojis, nothing, say, I miss my son, and it's just a picture of your dog as a 22, 21-year-old man, I just like you. and Yeah, <laughs> and then it's,
0: I'm at home watching it, like, oh, he just like me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just loves <laughs> his dog. Yeah. I guess. No, yeah. Um... um but let's get back to Yeah, anyway, so to on.
0: answer your ultimate question here, uh, I would say that the I would most expect them, I would be surprised if they traded Tobias, to be perfectly honest, um, just because of, you know, I, I want to see what they do with James Harden and Joel Embiid yeah. first before we talk about trading Tobias. Um, maybe that'll be a different story once we get into, like, the offseason and the playoffs yeah. and all that. But I think that Tobias could actually really thrive off of James Harden because his best season to this point has been with Ben Simmons, who creates a ton of shots for him. Yeah,
1: and His best seasons in Philly have been when he's been the quote-unquote third star. Yes. Um, Now, obviously, teams were able to really start to game plan around Ben Simmons and what his offensive flaws were. Um, and say, okay, we don't have to worry about this guy. So then it puts Tobias into that second star role. And that's
0: when he starts to yeah. struggle. Yeah,
1: but now, and again, what I've said before about Tobias is when he went through that cold streak not too long ago, mm-hmm. um, he, he thought about basketball. He yeah. thought about what's next. You put James Harden on that team, it's literally just James Harden is going to get him the ball where he needs to be. Yeah, And Tobias isn't even going to have to think about what to do because it's, okay, I'm here, I like this shot, I take this shot. Okay, I'm at the basket, dunk the ball. Okay, you know, whatever. The less Tobias has time to, like, just dribble around and yeah, think about think what he's about doing. Yeah, to think about the game, the that, more he just plays.
0: If you, I actually really like Tobias Harris, the spot-up shooter. Not spot-up shooter, but, like, off the off yeah. like catch-and-shoot yeah. shooter. I really like him in that role because yes. I was watching him. I was at the game on Saturday against Cleveland, yep, and he had a couple of those. Now, great, he didn't have a very good game, but he had a couple of those moments where he... Yeah, where, uh, he can, he where he
1: can step into a spot and pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, like, it was a quick, you know, pass, catch, shoot. Like, it was good. It was fluid. Yes. And I think he can thrive in that role. I don't think he's an exceptional three-point shooter. I think he's an above-average three-point shooter. Uh,
1: I think he's, like, 40%.
0: Um, yeah, well, I'm saying, like, if, if you can create his opp- help him create oh, his opportunities, yeah, yeah. then I think he's an above-average three-point shooter. Um. But I, I just – I think he's the kind of guy that fits pretty well with what the Sixers are going for or the direction that they're heading for. I think George Nyang is, like, perfect because all he does is just shoot. Yep. So, depending on what they do with Harris, if you put Nyang in the starting spot, mm-hmm. then I don't think you're really going wrong yeah, there. Yeah,
1: Tobias is – this year, he's shooting 35. He's average. 35, yeah. Yeah. So
0: um, – so, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they went the superstar direction just because of the market that it's looking like right now. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody that really suits this team perfectly. Yeah. If you were to go out and trade Tobias and be like, all right, I'm going to bring in Zach Levine or, like, a Bradley Beal or, yeah. you know, a guy
1: like that. Um, So, real quick, the one team where I see a fit for both sides, uh-huh. uh, Sacramento, and I know we've talked about Sacramento with the Ben Simmons trade. Yeah um sacramento has the cap space to be able to take on tobias um and they have two players that i'd be very keen on getting back harrison barn mm-hmm. like you said a player that is similar has the same game on a little bit of a cheaper contract um and then buddy he'll um shoot the lights out he could fill that seth curry role for you bring well, him off the bench he's with indiana now buddy yeah you got it did he yeah. Oh he, man, I missed that part. Here's what he this part of the, the he was. Trade, yeah. so right. Wow. <laughs> I'm in a James Harden days right now. Yeah. All right. Well, now he's going three team deal. Now. Um. But even regardless, that's still a fit that I like. Yeah. Um. Wow. I am really in a James Harden days.
0: No, it's all good. I do want to talk a little bit here while we're on the topic of trades, and just Daryl Morey. Oh, Daryl Morey played
1: this. Perfectly, so could not have mm, played this whole situation better. So my favorite nar- my favorite narrative from this entire standoff was, "Hey, the Blazers offered you CJ. You should take it while you still can." Mm-hmm. Hey, the Blazers or the Kings are offering you Halliburton, uh, Barnes, you know, whoever. You should take that. Um, you know, before it's too late. You know, his values, Ben's values, are almost gone. To now, all of a sudden, we have James Harden. Yeah. Like, my other favorite we were
0: to, We were told Karis LeVert. We, yeah. were, we were told, uh, Karis LeVert and Malcolm Brogdon, take it or leave it. Yep. We were told, uh, you know, we're going to offer you C.J. McCollum and somebody else and, you know, take it or leave it. We were told, like, we were told all these different guys. We were told Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olinick and Sadiq Bey. Yep. And they were like, this is an amazing deal for you guys. And everybody's like, No. And, you know, there are people that are out there, and they're like, uh, yeah, like, Daryl, like, just take it. Like, it's, it's, the, yeah, best it's, it's gonna the best get. you're going to get. it's the best you're
1: going to get. You know, you're not
0: going to get anything better than this. And Daryl's like, no. Like, this is, yeah, this is Daryl terrible. Yeah, Daryl
1: knew Ben's value. And Daryl,
0: yes, he understood Ben's value. He wasn't going to—
1: He wasn't going to sell him—he wasn't going to come up short on a trade-off. I will right. say that much. He, um, he was going to go big or he was going to go home. Yeah, and, 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 and Daryl was on record saying, like, hey, I would have held through this entire, you know, three years he had left. Because if, if, if the trade doesn't come where, a, you know, there's not a fit that I like. Yeah. Um, then that's just what we're going to do.
0: And we're told that, you know, Sixers are interested in a guy like um, Jalen Brown. And everybody's like, are you crazy? Like, Ben's not worth Jalen Brown. Like, that's not, don't even bring that up. Apparently, they hung, they called and it was like, I want Jalen Brown. And the GM, Brad Stevens, hung up. Like, that, like that's what we were told. And then for Daryl Morey to just wait it out and ride it out and take all his criticism from the media and just like, you know, they were just bashing the poor dude. And he waited for the perfect opportunity. And honestly, I think, now granted, like, the Celtics have turned it around, The Celtics were heading in that direction where they were not playing well. They were heading towards like a play-in spot, borderline not making the playoffs. It seemed like guys were kind of turning on each other a little bit, just if you heard some of the post-game reports. And it's like maybe it was a possibility. So to wait it out the way he did, he knew there was going to be a team that was desperate enough. That was like, listen, we want a we, guy we, like this. We
1: need to make a change. It yeah. just so happened that Brooklyn
0: it became that team. just so happened that the number one guy probably on his list. I would say James Harden was number one on Darmore's list. I would say from the jump, because there was that report. They were like, you know, Sixers are waiting to, uh, are willing to wait out James Harden to the off season for like a sign-and-trade kind of thing with Brooklyn. And everybody was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then it was like, James Harden's not very happy. The Nets have now lost four or five games in a row. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe we could just do this now. Why yeah. don't we? So then it was like, it's picking up steam, and it's picking up steam. And then, you know, Brian Windhorst goes on ESPN.
1: We're in the trades. We're in the trades. So. The trade, the- which, which is my favorite saying now. Yeah, oh I yeah. say it about everything. I'm at work dishing out cheesecakes, yeah. and my manager looks at me and goes, hey, or my boss, and says, hey, you doing well? And I go, yeah, we're in the trade zone. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it means. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I no, mean, I don't. It, I mean, but Brian knew, and that's all that mattered. And it's, it's
0: really incredible because, you know, all that, rep- the reports were coming out, and, like, me and my coworker were at work, and, like, we're, like, constantly refreshing yep. the tweets. And we're, like, oh, boy, it's going to happen today. It's going to happen today. Bri-
1: Brian says we're in the trade zone. Uh, Woj says the conversation isn't even happening. Yeah,
0: and then it's like Woj comes and drops that on me, and I'm like, "What? What like, is going on?" I was like, "Yeah, why would an ESPN reporter conflict an ESPN reporter?" Like, and it's like, "What? What is actually going on?" And then Woj, the day of the the trade deadline, I think the day before, actually, I think he was just kind of like, "Eh, they're not really like yeah, talking that much. They've
1: they've mentioned it to each other, but it sounds like they were still really far apart, which I'm assuming means." Brooklyn was saying, "Hey, we can make this happen, but you need to include Matisse and Seth."
0: I think they were trying to get Maxi originally to begin. with. I right. did. Yep. And Philly was like, "No, like we're not giving yeah. up Matisse." Yeah. Or, uh, Tyrese. Daryl
1: was just like, "Okay, then we'll just wait till the off season." Yeah. Uh, I did see. Uh, we talked about Daryl. <laughs> I did see that Daryl apparently was on the phone uh, yelling yes. at yeah, the yeah, next. I was GM, gonna bring that up. You stay on the effing phone until we get this done. They were like
0: Daryl was just so sick and tired of all the criticism and all the like. He just wanted this done, this yeah. problem out of his life.
1: Like, could you imagine? Like Daryl Morey literally bullied his way into making oh, yeah. this trade.
0: He's like, "You are not getting off the phone with me until this trade is done. We're making this trade. Like this, this is gonna happen." Like,
1: like, yeah, and then can you imagine the next GM just being like? okay
0: yeah like sean sean marks is just like all right like i guess we're we got to get this done um I mean, it was just it was just a whole like wild sequence of yeah. just all these reports, and like everybody yes, was like, "No, maybe, yeah, no, All the, they don't were get, like,
1: "Don't give up, Maxie. Well, now they want Seth, and then you had Sixers Twitter divided. It was like, "Yeah, give up <laughs> Seth." The other half was like, "No, don't give up Seth." I had come to terms
0: with giving up Seth. I would have been a little tight had we given up Matisse. Not not, not tight. I mean, I would have obviously gotten over it. Like if you get James Harden, I think the the biggest thing of this trade is the fact that you were able to keep your young core pieces yes. while still getting Harden like Seth Curry I really did like Seth Curry and I thought he was like perfect for Philly but the just the fact that um, he he was too he was too valuable unfortunately I think it's what it boiled down to yes. and you know I think Brooklyn Brooklyn realized that so they got they get a good shooter in Seth, and then they get a very good rebounder defender in in Andre. Um, so it's unfortunate, but yeah. like it it had to happen. Yeah, like so, you can't expect. I was saying on the podcast, and I mean it was wishful thinking. Ben Simmons, Danny Green, and Andre Drummond, uh, and I'm like, like take it, like that's perfect. Pull the trigger, yeah. yeah uh, but like, uh, yeah,
1: I'm kind of surprised, Danny. Wasn't dealt.
0: I'm yeah. I'm kind of surprised Danny actually made it through. I'm, glad, he, I'm glad. I'm I'm surprised that Danny Green made it through. Isaiah Joe, Jaden Springer, Paul Reed. Those are probably Shake Milton. Yeah. another one. I think those are probably the five biggest guys that I'm surprised made it through this headline. No, and I'm very glad because I am too. Like
1: we've said, like this bench unit is really starting like to come together, and especially. Uh, Doc Rivers just came out and said, "Like, yeah, I'm figuring out how to stagger my stars and how to play them." Uh-huh. So it sounds like you will never go without one of these four on the court at any given time, except if we're up or losing by 20 plus. Right. Uh, you'll never be without Maxi, mm-hmm. James Harden, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. or Tobias Harris. Yeah, um, and that's perfect. And what I'm thinking the pairing will be will be something like, um, probably Tobias Harris. And James Harden. Mm-hmm. And then you'd get Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. I Yeah, I could see that. Now, don't get me wrong. The ideal scenario for me would get Joel and uh, James on the floor at all times together. Right. But when I think about it, Joel can carry his own load offensively. Tyrese Maxey can get the ball into him, Embiid. He's also very explosive off-ball. Uh, as in, he's just fast-moving all the time. Um, and then you get James Harden and Tobias Harris, where... Again, when when Tobias doesn't have to think about playing basketball, yeah. and I think James can really make life easy like that for Tobias. Yeah. So I just think those grouping of players works really well. Now, don't get me wrong; it could very well be Tobias and Joel on the court at the same time, or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. But I something that is kind of interesting. Um, to I saw somebody tweeted out. I don't know who it was, but um, it was just kind of funny. So you look. There's a long list of trades that got us to this point, actually. Yeah. So it was, you trade Robert Covington and Dario Saric for Jimmy Butler. Yep. Obviously, there's more pieces involved, but that's those are the the big names. You then flip Jimmy Butler for Josh Richardson. Yep. You then flip Josh Richardson for Seth Curry. Yep. You then flip Seth Curry, and obviously some other pieces, for James Harden. Yeah. So basically this whole trade boiled down to Dario, Dario and, and Robert, Robert Covington, Covington which is kind of funny to me considering like obvi- like Dario was obviously a first round talent like he went in the first round and I mean he's still a very solid role player in the league today
1: mm. same with Robert Covington same with
0: Robert Covington but Robert Covington was kind of in the r- like role of Paul Reed where he was like a, a, a G, G League, league player. MVP like um, he was I mean he was a good player on a bad team uh, and they the Sixers were like, Yeah, we can we can make a solid role player out of him and everybody's like, You're crazy but uh, he, he, he actually a became solid, a very solid role player. He became
1: player. one of those like ideal three and D type players. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before Ben Simmons really developed. Um I mean Robert Covington was up there in, you know, best defenders in the league yeah uh he was just everywhere deflecting every single pass and he was knocking down a high percentage of his threes
0: oh yeah no and i mean he's he's on the clippers now i mean he's gonna play a very big role especially with paul george and quiet leonard both out yep um so i i listen i'm all i'm gonna root for those guys and you know as long as they're in the league
1: yeah my my whole philosophy um And it's just how I've always been. Like, if you were ever on the Sixers Mm -hmm. for a long extended, like, long period of time. Not guys like Raul Neto, Alec Burks, who were on the team for, like, half a season or a season. Um, But, yeah, guys like Roko, um, Dario Saric. uh, I'm like, I'm always going to root for these guys. Even, like, there's a lot of reports about Ben Simmons and this whole, like, mental illness flip, you know. Yeah. Well, now I'm in Brooklyn and I feel, I'm happy. Like, I, like... I want what's best for Ben. I do. Like that's just who I am. I really enjoyed Ben's time in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you can go on record back onto my personal Twitter and see that I was on board with, Hey, like I think Ben's legit. I yeah, think oh he, yeah. I think he is oh, yeah. that next LeBron.
0: I was right there with you. Like I, um, I was a very big Ben Simmons fan and it hurt me to see the whole thing boiled down. Yeah, the way it was it, did. it was
1: it was it wasn't fun. Like No. Um But yeah, like once a Sixer, always a Sixers a six is kinda of how I look at it. Like I yeah. will root for these guys. Even guys that I've grown really fond of that were only here for a season or half a season. Yeah. Seth Curry, Andre Drummond. Like those are guys that I'm always going to root for. Like I don't care. Especially Andre Drummond, like like, went full circle for me because... Oh, yeah, I used to. Like, yeah, Andre I,
0: Drummond used to be one of the most hated guys yeah, in the league for I, me.
1: I hated Dre on the Pistons.
0: Yeah, I used to love the fact when the Sixers played the Pistons just because Joel I was like, was I, I was just want to see Joel... Fried chicken. Yeah. Barbecue I, chicken. I just want to see Joel bully Andre Drummond the entire game, and that's exactly what would happen.
1: Yeah, and then, and then all of a
0: sudden he's on the Sixers, I'm like,
1: man, I like this guy.
0: Well, we were together when we found out yeah. about oh, yeah. Andre. Where were we? We were in Michigan.
1: Yeah. We were at yep. We
0: were at Walmart and we were we were getting our alcoholic drinks for the week. Yeah. And um, in the aisle, I'm like, Izzy the Sixers just signed Andre Drummond to a vet minimum. And we were both like, what? We were like, huh? We were
1: like, how the, how the hell does this, is this going to work?
0: First off, we were like, I think even more surprised because I think Andre Drummond went into that offseason looking for a big deal. Yeah. And the fact that he signed for a vet minimum was like, what? And then the fact that he went to the Sixers, we were just like, how does this yeah, make sense?
1: We thought Joel and Andre hated each other. Yeah. Um, and
0: then it's funny because you see the the – video of them like dapping it up in the weight room and joelle's face it's kind of like yeah but like it, it turned out to be a great pairing yeah and, well and yeah
1: and they grew from what we could see obviously um they grew to to like each other i mean they yeah. were they, they were always laughing and 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 dapping each other up you know there was never again to my knowledge uh and now they do a lot of stuff behind closed doors right and we'll, we'll never know about um but they seemed to you know be and friends. I'm, you
0: know, and the funny thing with uh, with Andre Drummond is I don't know how much like you if you saw, but he would go to like the G League games and watch. Yeah, the, Paul Reed. The, yeah, yeah,
1: like he was very.
0: He would watch the Blue Coats, which is like I I do kind of miss that, and it kind of reminds me to, um, with Jimmy Butler a little bit because Jimmy Butler apparently would check in on the G League guys a lot, especially Shake Milton. Yeah. While he was down there, and he's like, "Yeah, Shake's a hooper." Like I talk to Shake all the time, and now Shake's you know a solid role player. I still think
1: think he could be, like, a legit sixth man.
0: Oh, yeah. I I think right now, I think Shake is having the issue of he's just hurt a lot. Yeah. So he's kind of having a hard time finding that rhythm. But, like, he showed stretches last year where, like, especially earlier in the season when we were all expecting.
1: Was it, what, two years ago? Yeah, we were at our old apartment. He dropped, like, 40-odd some on the Clippers. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And then um, he ended up in the starting lineup. For the Sixers to close out the season when Ben Simmons got hurt, and I mean he was a solid producer. Like he he had a a solid shot. He was knocking down threes with consistency. Like not saying that he can't still do that. Like his
1: three point shot is like respectable. Like it's it's above it's above average. He's just been hurt. Yeah. And so once you once you get him healthy, I think he'll be he'll be he'll be a great piece. He first started
0: off last season in that like Lou Williams Jamal Crawford kind of role with the Sixers offense. And it really did go like a long way for him, um, and then I think he got hurt, and then I think it really threw off a lot of yeah, a lot of confidence and a lot of rhythm that he had. So I'm I'm curious to see if he can get some stability going a little bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, sh- I certainly hope so. He could be a big piece. Yeah. Um, coming in as a two, um, or even if need be, the primary ball handler. Uh, I'm, again, still a big believer in Isaiah Joe needing some more minutes. Yes, I agree. Especially, I, think, uh,
0: I just think they need to play him over Furkan Korkmaz. I see way too much Korkmaz. And, in fact, we have been watching this game, and I see a lot of Korkmaz doing the primary ball handling. And it's just like, man, like it drives me nuts. It's like, why? Why, did, why do we insist on making Korkmaz the primary ball? I get he's the, the Turkish point guard. That's all fine and dandy. I just don't think that he is suited for this team as the primary nah, ball handler. He's not. And he has given way too many minutes tonight. And it's like we call up these guys, um, you know, Jaden Springer to you know, who can play the point, and we don't stagger minutes or anything. Like it's literally just okay, here's Tyrese with the ball, and here's Cork Miles with the ball. Yep. And it's like Cork Miles is just the stretch is just so disastrous. And it, yeah. so granted it's not like he's not playing with a beat a ton, but like it, just, it drives me nuts watching him just dribble around and truck up a three every so often. Yeah, no, I, like uh, he's, he's not a facilitator. He can ball handle. He's not a facilitator. What
1: I will say is now we bring James Harden in. Again, a great pass who gets gets the ball into the right spot. That's an offensive foul. Yeah, you, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't throw that elbow out. Um, but you bring James Harden in, and I really think you're going to see guys' three-point percentages go up. Which is why I really think they need to bring in Isaiah Joe. Yeah, because I, I think Joe, be, I yeah. think he's going to. I think he would flourish playing alongside James Harden. Yeah, again, if you stagger those minutes, you bring in Isaiah Joe as the two. I very much see a lot of open looks in Isaiah Joe's future.
0: Uh, I agree. I think, uh, I, and he's got the range. And even to even, f- even Furkan,
1: like yeah. I will give him that. Like yeah, like Furkan is a good shooter. Yeah. But it's when we, he has to start to do other things where it's like, ah, you know, maybe maybe don't do that.
0: It's, like, he's a good, like, catch and shoot. Like, you know, he can do a little if, bit here if, and there. Like if, if, I, I always say, if when he's hot, he's the hottest of hot. When he's cold, boy, is it a long stretch of being cold. If
1: he could, like, have that same mindset as George Niang has, where it's like, I, I shoot threes. If they overplay my three, I take a layup. If yeah, he exactly. If could have that mindset. You know, George only dribbles when he sees fit. Yeah. Where I feel like Furkan dribbles because he sees he can dribble. Yeah. And it's like,
0: again, he can dribble. He can ball handle. I'm not taking that away from him. But he can't facilitate and he cannot create his own shot. Correct. And I think he's got in his mind that he can. Yeah. Like, and it uh, it leads to so many problems on offense. Yep. Where, it's, where it's like, just put James Harden out there. Just let him do his thing. Get it to, like, Isaiah Joe. But um, so, real quick, um, one of the biggest topics on this trade with James Harden um, is who won the trade. And obviously, neither, I mean, obviously, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond played the other night. We haven't seen Paul Millsap, James Harden, or Ben Simmons play at all. Uh, but a, a lot of people are pointing to the draft picks as Philly giving up too much to get James Harden. Um, and just my quick two cents on it is we're giving up a 2022. First round pick. Okay. Our 2021 first round pick is yet to even see the floor for the team. So even if you bring him in next year, that's basically the same thing. So I don't really, and you know, if they are looking to make a deep playoff run, um, you know, that late first round pick, like what's that really going to do for you? Like at this point, you are, you're basically out of the range of, we need to make high picks to get good it's basically we need to bring in guys that we know are gonna be consistent role players to stay good um, and you look down the line at the 2027 pick at which is top eight protected and it's like is that really like is that really that important to us like are we like in five years from now are we gonna be that bad where it's like oh man like that that top that
1: 10th overall pick like is it really gonna be that yeah. bad? So let me break down how I looked at it and how a couple other people I've talked to have looked at it. Uh, Obviously, the big piece for Philly was Ben Simmons. Right. In my eyes, Ben Simmons doesn't even exist.
0: Yes. Because he hasn't,
1: he's refusing to play for the Sixers.
0: So at that point, he's not going to play at all. So at that point,
1: I'm looking at, okay, what did we give up? Yeah. What actual pieces did we give up? We gave up Seth Curry, Mm -hmm. who I'm going to say it it might hurt someone's feeling. He's a role player. Mm Mm-hmm. You can find someone else to fill that role. You You gave up Andre Drummond, who is on an expiring contract, Mm -hmm. who's going to go out and look for—they did not reverse that call. That is a terrible call. Yeah, I don't get that. Andre Drummond, who's on an expiring contract, who's going to go out. He might not break the bank, but he's going to get more than the bet minimum. Yeah. And then you gave up two first-round picks, and like like you said— we are in win-now mode. Like, our window is the next five years max. Yeah. So, I don't care for a 2022 pick. And I don't care for a 2020-whatever pick. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that what Brooklyn got was useless. Because I actually think, it, like, can I call it a tie? Because I think both teams got better. Well, so
0: do you remember there was talk earlier in the season, they were like, What if Philly were to get Kyrie Irving? They were like, Kyrie Irving would be like the perfect fit next to Joel and B, this and that and it's like, what if uh, what if that were to happen? And we were like, Oh, if Ben Simmons were to go to Brooklyn, that would go a long way for Brooklyn because, you know, then you have a guy like Ben you know, Ben Simmons can facilitate this and that. Basically, you just swapped Kyrie Irving for James Harden. Cool with that. I kind of prefer that, mm-hmm. if anything. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think Ben is really going to go a long way, you know, kind of creating for Kevin Durant. Yeah. I do question a little bit just the fit with Kyrie Irving. That, I will say, I do question a little bit. I think they could make it work, but that's the only thing, like, as far as, like, the star tandem goes— um I'm like, okay, like I don't I don't necessarily know about that. Uh but somebody broke it down, like their the starting lineup for Brooklyn. Yeah. If everybody's healthy, you're basically looking at uh Kyrie Irving as your one, Seth Curry as your two, Kevin Durant as your three, Ben Simmons as your four, Andre Drummond as your five. That's pretty scary.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said, I think both teams got better. Yeah.
0: Like and then on the flip side, then you're looking at Tyrese Maxey as your one, or James Harden as your two, Matisse Sabble as your three, Ty, uh, Tobias as your four, and then Joel at your five. That's also pretty scary. So I think both teams really do benefit so from the team. D- so
1: let me break it down because, yeah. like, let's just take out Ben Simmons and James Harden mm-hmm. and talk about the teams before that. So Kyrie Katie, scary. Mm-hmm. Super scary. Yep. Don't care about anyone else on that team. When you talk about the Sixers, it's like Joel Embiid, scary, mm-hmm. very scary. So now you take James Harden, you put him on Philly, and now it's like James Harden and Joel Embiid, scary, very scary. You t- and then you still have the two uh, Kyrie and KD over in Brooklyn, and it's just like, like the Brooklyn was a better team; they mm-hmm. weren't playing better, but they were a better team. But now you take James Harden, put it on. Philly, they become a better team, and it pulls them up closer to the level that Philly's at, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, so in, in theory,
0: in theory, Brooklyn is the better team. Yes. But that's also in regards to everybody being healthy. Yes. Which I it is so crazy to me, the fact that, you know, they were put together to go on this championship run. All three of them together— have only played, played 16, 16 games. 16 games. That's wild. Yeah. 16 games together. Do you,
1: do you think that's the other reason James Harden won it out? I think
0: so. Well, I think part of the reason was, um, you know, because of the whole thing with, like, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Not that – I don't think that they necessarily had bad blood against each other, but I do think that, like, I think they both – like, I, I think James was really annoyed with the fact that he was the guy again. He was the guy that you had to give him – you had to go out there and put up 50 a night to yeah. give your team a chance to win. Yeah. And I think that, that annoyed him. And I don't, frankly, I don't blame him. Um, I'm sorry. Jalen
1: Brown is, is hitting some
0: shots. Yeah, we're kind of getting smoked right now. We're down by almost 30 at almost the end of the second half. Oh, oh, my, my goodness. Gosh. All right. Well, there's Joel.
1: Oh. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, again, we're, we're anyway. Um, um, yeah. I think, like, I think both teams got better. And yeah. I think, yeah. And I think, like, that is the sign of a good trade, yeah. Like,
0: but I, I think, I think what uh, part of the reason why it didn't work out with like James Harden in Brooklyn was I just think not necessarily James wants to be the guy, but I just think there was times where James wanted to be the guy, and it was like, all right, Kevin Durant. Yeah. And then it's like, all right, well, hey, Kyrie Irving is, like, there, but, like, not really. Like, he's just part-time. That's,
1: that's also got to be frustrating as a player. It's
0: got to, because it's like you, and, like, I think that was even frustrating. So, something real quick, too, with the Sixers. It seems like there's a lot of issues coming out of both sides of this, from the Sixers side and the Nets side. Yeah. So, Danny Green was like, yeah, it would be nice to have a point guard that actually wants to play for us. Yeah. And then he said something else, too, that was kind of like, ooh, all right, a little bit of a burn there. I forget what it was just, like, off the top of my head, but it was basically, like, another shot taken at Ben. Like, he's like, yeah, we have guys here that actually want to play here here here. now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, okay. And then you have everything that Joel's been saying where Joel, like, the picture of the – first off, I don't – we didn't even talk about that. The, the picture of the, the guy in the funeral just making sure my biggest hater was dead. Yeah. You know, R.I.P. R. Bozo.
1: That is
0: that, That's, like, savage. perfect. That is, like, perfect Joel. Um, but, yeah, so there's there's that. But, like, obviously Joel had these feelings towards Ben. And apparently Danny Green, who's one of the biggest team leaders, had these feelings, you know against Ben. Yeah. So it's like, if those guys are saying stuff now out against Ben, it's like, imagine what some of these other guys are thinking. And think about it like this. There was a stretch where COVID hit and these guys are like putting their all in. They're playing like 40, 45 minutes a night. And like Tyrese, I think at one point played like 45 minutes one game. And it's like, Ben's at home, just like, just chilling because he's not happy. And it's like, it's like as a player, As a player, like, that's got to be...
1: It's got to be frustrating. Frustrating, yeah. Yeah. No, I think... uh, I very much think you're right. Both players, or both teams, got rid of some headaches. Yeah,
0: because then it's like, you you know, there's, like, these reports now that it's like, oh, James Harden would roll his eyes when players are drawn up for Kevin Durant, or, you know, oh, James Harden would still enjoying his nightlife, you know, while he was with Brooklyn or when they were on their West Coast trip, and it's like...
1: What's wrong with that? Yeah. If guys are given free nights to do as they please, like... James Harden has, has done his work, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, he's, he's clocked out for the day. Well, and, he, and he's put in the time at the gym to be an MVP, to put to be this, to be that. Yeah. You like know, now, now some will say, like, you need to continue that. But, like, I say, like, my man's proven so much. Like, if he wants to have an off night, let him go hit a strip club. Yeah, like, like let, whatever. Let
0: the man go hit a strip club. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, you know, the man, the man likes what he likes. But it's, like, at the same time, you know... You just hear all these things come out against both guys and I, I think it was it was a win-win situation for both of them uh, for yeah, both teams. I, right? I very
1: much agree. Um, do your expectations change for the Sixers going forward? Yes,
0: actually they change a lot now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think the biggest thing with the Sixers now is their championship odds before like you watch the team. They were a very, they were they were an above average team, and they yeah. showed that. Uh, with without Joel, I don't think they're much of a team. Nope. Um, but with Joel, they're they're an above average team, and I think now that you add in James Harden, um, I think you now give Joel and beat some support where Joel doesn't have to go out and put up fifty points. It's basically the James Harden effect. Like like Joel is basically doing what James was doing in Houston. Yep. And now it's like you can kind of have those two balance each other out. Yep. So you have Joel. Like, Joel, it's like, bro, you don't have to go out and put up 50 points tonight. You can go out and put up 30. And then, you know, if you want to take a couple offensive sets where you just lay back and let James do his thing, you can do that. Where he does not have that luxury right now. Like, I guess, like, Tyrese, like, you kind of have your your ideas with, like, Tyrese there where he can drive. Mm -hmm. But that just adds another element. Or like Seth Curry, Seth Curry relied a lot on Joel, I think, to kind of free some, oh he did, some stuff up for him, and it worked for him, and I think Joel even liked it because it was the best two man game he had since JJ. So,
1: um, side note, have you seen Twitter blowing up about that that
0: JJ coming back? Yeah, yeah, I mean, so so I wouldn't mind it, me personally.
1: I wouldn't even care if he didn't play. If if JJ was like yeah sign me to like the absolute minimum I'll sit on the bench and in like the last thirty seconds you need a three I'll come play, I would lose my mind. if I put JJ Redick on that bench. <laughs> it again.
0: would it would be kind of funny. I mean, granted, like he's got that like Doc Rivers connection, like he played for him forever, and in, in well, and he in also LA. he
1: also from what he has said in his on his podcast, um, he loved playing with Joel. He has talked about that two man connection of his being through the roof in the short amount of time that they've had together. Yeah, um, I just think it would have been it would be fantastic to see him back in a Sixers uniform. I love. Tell me, JJ Reddick wouldn't look fantastic uh, in he the Spectrum jersey. In the
0: Spectrum jersey, it would look amazing. He, the
1: tattoo would really pop. Like, he
0: like he looked amazing. First off, the the first year they did the City Edition, the Cream, which are still yeah. my favorite. Um,
1: the eggshell, yep.
0: Yeah, he he looked amazing in that. Even the gray. Like, the gray, like, didn't really look that amazing. But, like, he still pulled it off.
1: Listen, if us talking about how J.J. Redick looked in Sixers <laughs> jerseys gets him to come back into a Sixers jersey, I'll talk about it for the rest of the. Oh,
0: life. 100%. This podcast will be the J.J. Reddick how J.J. Redick looks J. J. Redick, in Sixers, Sixers. apparel. Y- yeah. So, I mean, I... I don't know. I, I would be big, even, like, if you bring him off the bench even, too, like, just more shooting, like...
1: That's a, again, like, around these guys, all you want is shooting at this point, so why not give J.J. a call and be like, hey, man, like, can I sign you for $5 million to come play the rest of the season? Stagger the
0: minutes a little bit where he's playing with Embiid in that two-man game, and I think you got yourself a winner.
1: Yeah, and, and again, he's only going to have to play for maybe 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, like, he doesn't have to go out and play a lot, like, just... I mean, he was liking tweets, and I think Joel Embiid was liking tweets, too. And I'm sure Joel was like, hey, man, like, you know, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, if you're in, I'm in.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I, w- I would be all for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, go ahead. So, real quick, obviously, we have not seen them play just yet, but just something I was kind of curious on from a talent idea, from talent alone, not necessarily chemistry, not necessarily seeing them play together because we haven't seen it yet. But, talent. which team is better? The 2019, 20, 2020... 20, Jim, s- Jimmy? Jimmy. Or this? No, 2019, 2020. I'm sorry. Um, was 20, 2018, 2019. 2018, 2019 Sixers. Or the Sixers team right now.
1: So... Take
0: Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler Tobias, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and, like... When you're thinking of Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, think of them that at that time, scene. yeah. And then you know Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, but in one.
1: in terms of talent, give me this year's team.
0: This year's team, yeah.
1: Okay. So there was probably more, and we've mentioned this briefly before. There is more upfront talent in that team. Uh, Jimmy Butler in addition. So you basically had four stars on that team. All four of them have been All-Stars or Yeah. No, three of them have been All-Stars up to that point. Yeah. Um but I definitely think the back or the bench for the Sixers now is is head and shoulders above what it was back then. So in terms as a whole who has the more talent? I give it to this to this year's team. Yeah, that, that
0: bench for as bad as well. Like, if you're taking the whole team. Yeah,
1: if we're just talking starting five, then give me that Jimmy Butler, you know.
0: I, I still think that team could have gone to the finals. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, they should have. They should have. But that was, that was the peak of Ben Simmons. You had a, a very good Jimmy Butler. Uh, JJ was still shooting well. Tobias was playing well in that third star slot. Yeah. And then, I mean, Joel was playing well. Um, Joel, that was, like, top tier. Like, that was, like,
0: Joel, I think he was averaging, like, 27 a night that Yeah, year. that was, that,
1: yeah, yeah. Was it that much?
0: I don't know, much. No, it, it was, like, it was 27 or 28. I mean, he was up there. Yeah, and I mean. Because then it dipped the following year because yeah, of. Yeah,
1: but, but, so then, again, like, now we're getting, you know, potential MVP Joel Embiid a- averaging a league high, just about 30 points a night. Yeah. Like. Give me, give me this talent overall over the 2017, 2018.
0: That, like, the the Mike Scott there of that team, the sixth man there, and then George Niang kind of following that up, like, with this team. And then, but it's, like, outside of that, like, it, I mean. There wasn't much. No, nah, really was Like, James Ennis the third was one of your yeah. key role players. Yeah. Greg Monroe was your backup center, so that alone right there is just, like. The moose. Yeah. So that alone right there is just rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it was just, I was curious. So I'm very curious to see once we do actually start playing, like they start playing together.
1: Well, and so like what I will say is give it time. Yes. I think that's the
0: biggest thing. And I think that's James Harden not playing until after the all-star break is the smartest thing the Sixers have done. Even though we're watching them get smoked on national 20 television. Right now. We're Yeah. We're losing by 24 going into the half almost. Um, you know, let his hamstrings heal first and foremost, Mm -hmm. make sure he is 100% healthy, but then draw up some plays. Let him practice with Joel. Let him practice. Exactly. Um,
1: just yeah, let him figure it out. I think, I think, like you said, I think the best thing is that was, that was the James Harden step back. Yeah. He tried. That that was the James Harden step back. And sadly
0: he got blocked by Al Horford. So I, I respect the saying. They called the travel. Oh, did they call it a travel? Oh, Okay.
1: But yeah, that was the James Harden step back that he practiced one time in the gym. And I'm sure James Harden is on the bench laughing his ass off. Probably.
0: Um, but yeah, no. So I, I think the, the biggest thing right now is patience. And just, again, you want to make Goodness sure. Goodness gracious. All right, so now we're losing by 27 at the half.
1: Listen, they are shooting lights out. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: I'm, like keeping, I, like I'm, I'm looking at you, but I'm also keeping a side eye on the game. And just Boston is not missing. It might just be one of those nights. It just seems like we're having an off night and they're not. Uh,
1: They showed a stat earlier where, like, Boston was, like, 11 for 15 from three.
0: Yeah. Like, it's just one of those nights where they're just not missing it. And it happens. But, um, yeah. So, at the end of the day, like, we got James Harden.
1: Yeah. And and I'm I'm, I'm stoked about it. Uh, I think a lot of good will come out of it. Um, I I do hope maybe – even if we don't trade Tobias, but I do hope if we do, like, re-sign James to a little bit more of a team-friendly contract, Mm -hmm. we get a little more of that talent around. um, And again, really build that foundation, that that bench unit just a little more. Uh, I definitely think a lot of good will come out of it.
0: So, I think that's a good...
1: I think it's a good ending point.
0: Stopping point. Um, Just real quick, expectations. Where are we going? Um... Deep championship run, deep playoff run, deep, like, we'll get to the first, second, third round, uh, like, what are you thinking?
1: Putting you on the spot. I mean, the Sixer fan of me says NBA Finals. Yeah. Um, I will give them, from a non-biased point of view, a very realistic chance, if the mesh goes well. Of yes, the obviously, obviously, that's the biggest thing. It's um, like Embiid and Harden. Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. I say they get there. Um, I can't see many teams... The only team I'm struggling with is Brooklyn. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. I was gonna say Brooklyn. it like, eh, it's like yeah. I don't even fair. know if Brooklyn will get there. Like, let's, well, yeah, let's they're they're fair. fight they're fighting for a playing spot right now. Like,
1: and then, like, Miami doesn't scare me.
0: Come playoff time. No, not really. Playoff
1: Jimmy scares me a little bit. A little bit, but at the same time... They don't have anyone... Like, they have Bam who can compete with Joel. Joel's going to still put up 35. They
0: got Kyle Lowry, but Kyle Lowry's been like... He's been solid. He's basically turned himself Um, to a role player. Cleveland
1: doesn't scare me, especially after watching us kind of dismantle them.
0: Yeah. Um... Darius Garland is very good, though. Yes. We'll say that. Yeah. And Jared, they're, they're a team that's up and coming. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we I, we said that last podcast. Yeah. You know, you give it a little more time, and I definitely think that team can flourish and become something yeah. very special. I agree. Um, Toronto doesn't scare me. I'm trying to think of who else is up there. Like Even Boston right now doesn't scare me, even though they're 20 balling us. Yeah. They're so inconsistent all the time.
0: I mean, they're on a hot stretch right now, but, like, throughout most of the season, like, they really How, haven't been in. Who else
1: any. is? I mean, is Atlanta even in the race right now? I don't Atlanta's think
0: so. really let me down. Honestly, um, I thought Atlanta would be actually like top, at, at least fight for like a three or four seed. But yeah. they're, they I think they're like nine right now. No,
1: yeah. So like, Milwaukee scares me. It's just because Giannis is Giannis, and
0: yeah. And once we get into the playoffs, like they're going to probably put like Drew Holiday on on James Harden, and Drew Holiday's a very good defender. Yeah. So he definitely can't discredit that. So no,
1: I, I'm I'm excited. Um, me too. So. The non-bias in me will say Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Um, I think I would be happy.
0: Like, obviously, like it's you know a moral victory, and this is not the ultimate goal. But if we get past the second round, and I think that's the biggest key for Joel, and I think that's the biggest key. Obviously, James Harden's been to a Western Conference Finals. Um, but like, just getting past the second round, I think would be big for Joel. And then at that point, like, who knows?
1: Like, yeah. Well, and if you can, if you can keep playing well. Um, and I think once we get James Harden in the mix, they'll play very well. Yeah. I, uh, I think Milwaukee's, it's one through five is like a game and a half back. Yeah. Right? Uh,
0: yeah. It's literally like one through five is little, and then even six is like four. So yeah. it's like right there.
1: So like, if you can work your way into the one or two or even three, you know, try and avoid Brooke or Milwaukee. Yeah. Like I, Thanks, Matt Higgins. Hard <laughs> to a trade after this. Um, but yeah, I... Like... Does... I'm going to sound crazy for saying this. <laughs> if Brooklyn gets into the playoffs, I don't really think they scare me. Um,
0: I'm still a little on the fence. Again, we said when healthy, like, that's a pretty scary lineup. But,
1: but here's why. Like... Even with the addition of Andre Drummond. Who's guarding Joel?
0: I mean, I, I mean I, that's I, the I, thing. That's a good point. Because Drummond, I mean, is probably the best bet to guard Joel. But, obviously, we've seen their whole history and, and career. And,
1: like, Andre, Andre, as much as I loved him, would very easily get into foul trouble in the very minimal minutes he would play. Oh, he rang the bell. Uh, James, oh, James Harden was James the, bell the bell. James um, rang the Joel gets Andre in foul trouble in five minutes. Yeah. And then, okay, bring on Blake Griffin. Bring on um uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like and then again, who's who's stopping James like and I saw reports that Kyrie was like playing James Harden well in practice. It was pissing off James Harden. But like, who's stopping James Harden? Who's stopping him? I mean Who's guard like who's you're, you're, I mean if you were to do like Brooklyn?
0: Brooklyn would probably put Ben Simmons on Harden. I forgot he was there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just
1: kind of blocked out.
0: We we tried to block him out, um, but anyway. So I just I wanted your quick take on that, just because you know. You yeah, know, why now,
1: not? I I I see very good things, and even even going into next year, like I said, uh, if this year, it will go well. But yeah. like once James Harden like fully gets familiar with how everyone plays and it's that and the other. Like, I expect some very impressive things to come out from the Sixers team.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Alrighty. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. This is now episode six of the podcast. Yeah, yep. Uh, I'm proud of us, by the way. We did three episodes in like three weeks Let's as go. opposed to three in like a three-month span. Hey, that was
1: my fault. I'll take that out. Nah, hey, man. Uh, but listen. now, again, we... Uh, <laughs> Back on a regularly regularly scheduled program, uh, trying to keep up once a week. It's a little easier to maintain, a little less yeah. to talk about. We can keep the podcast to uh, uh, I like to say like a to and from work listen. Yeah. Um. I know. I know my drive to work's a little longer than most. I drive forty five minutes to work, forty five to an hour. Um, so like. On your way to work, if it takes you thirty minutes, you can bang out the first half thirty minutes on the way back. Bang out the second half.
0: Or basically, if it's forty five, you listen to the first forty five, and then on your way home, you listen to the last like fifteen twenty. Yeah. And then you can just think about what we said for a little bit, and just kind of like take that home with you. And if you know, if you like what you heard or didn't like what you heard, and want to argue with us, you follow us at Boat Row Bullies on Twitter. Yeah.
1: If you guys ever have anything, uh, you have questions about or something, you know, just comments questions concerns whatever uh feel free to tweet at us we're both pretty active on brb yeah no bullies
0: might do that next week might do yeah. like a mailbag that might be fun
1: if yeah yeah if we could get a mailbag going that'd be a lot of fun especially if we can get it again with how regularly we've been doing these podcasts yeah uh mailbags would be fun so if you guys have any questions um if you have connor or i's number i'm sure you can shoot us a text we'll talk about it yeah um Add us on Twitter, DM us. I think our DMs are open. I don't know. I think mine are. Uh, yeah, uh, my my personal ones are, but I think I think Boat Roses.
0: Boat Rose is, yeah. Um, so if you know if you just at Boat Row Bullies on Twitter is probably the safest one. I try I try to stay pretty active. I know you try to stay pretty active with that one too. So. Um, but yeah, let us know. We'll talk about whatever. We'll discuss whatever. We'll like I said. I'll try and get something going with a mailbag and, and on Twitter. And you can
1: and and. Again, we've touched on this before, but we are pretty we are a Sixers podcast, but we are more than willing to talk about any of the NBA teams.
0: We are big NBA fans. Yeah, I I, I love I love ball. I love I
1: love hoop. I love b <laughs> Um but yeah, we love hoop. So, again, if if you're a Denver Nuggets fan and you want to talk about why Jokic should be the MVP over Joel, I will tell you you're wrong, but then we'll have a conversation about it.
0: We'll discuss. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. But anyways, thank you again for listening. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good rest of your night. Have a good day. James Harden is a Philadelphia 76er. Thank the Lord. Is he?
1: Am I supposed to do something? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm <laughs> supposed to do, but...
0: Send us out.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Again, any questions or anything, at ButRealBullies on Twitter. Uh, and uh, thanks again for listening.
0: Have a wonderful night.
1: Yep. see you guys next week.